Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. Thank you. Good to be back. Another week. Yeah. Another week. Woo-hoo. A lot of stuff going on. And hey, Jerry. Uh, yes, Gene. The heart of the podcast is the commentaries that you do. It's because uh, we goof around a little bit here. We call it Tales, Tunes, and Tom Foolery. And we do have uh, for the tunes part, by the way, Cody Lee Meese. We had him on yes. last week. Cody. Yeah. It was great to ask him to come back. He agreed. He's from Somerset, Kentucky. Megan will be chatting with Cody in a few minutes. Um, and we've got some other things we're going to talk about as well. But uh, Jerry uh, takes a look at the events of the week. It's a weekly podcast, obviously, and comes up with a, a take on something. What caught your interest this week, Jerry? Well, uh, actually, just last week, if you followed the headlines, it was clear that America was being treated vividly to an exceptional teaching moment, a pure example of what a Supreme Court justice in the ideal should be, and an equally clear example of what he or she must never be. The ideal, of course, was Katanji Brown Jackson's performance uh, at her own confirmation hearing. And on the other end of the spectrum, the blatantly unethical behavior of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas in violating the most basic standards Americans have the right to expect from the highest court in the land. First, the positive model, Judge Brown Jackson, an obviously historic nominee, first African-American woman so offered by a president, sitting there in the witness seat, perhaps the smartest person in the room, certainly more accomplished than the senators who embarrassed themselves by playing plantation owners, condescendingly asking her to define what is a woman, are you religious, and do you contone child pornography? And in an inspiring display of character, she never lost a cool. She never snapped like Justice Kavanaugh did at his confirmation hearing a few years back. She just did what most African-American women have done throughout their history. Through gritted teeth and firm resolve, she politely smiled and then answered calmly and rationally so that any objective observer would understand that she, like any African-American of achievement, got to this exalted position by working harder and being stronger. Only a complete partisan would find her not qualified to be a justice on our Supreme Court, which is why she is confirmed. What parent would ever not want their daughter to be like Katanji Brown Jackson? Well, and then of course, there's the other side of the character coin. An example of how a Supreme Court justice should not comport himself. There's Clarence Thomas. And by the way, this has nothing to do with his judicial philosophy or the leanings of his recorded opinions. It's about honesty, integrity, and respect for the institution he represents. As has been well reported, his wife, Ginny Thomas, a major player in America's right-wing movement, and an active participant in Donald Trump's efforts to overturn the presidential election of 2020, 
She is now under investigation for her role in last year's insurrection of January the 6th. It all came to light when the National Archives and Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, released to the committee investigating the assault the text of 29 emails she exchanged with Meadows on the planning, occurrence, and aftermath of the attempted coup. She was actually advising Trump's and Meadows on what they should do. Now, of course, Trump and his acolytes were doing everything they could to block the release of these records, even defying subpoenas. Subpoenas issued for the express purpose of deciphering what happened, who knew what and when, and who was ultimately responsible for what turned out to be one of the darkest days in our nation's history. Perhaps unsurprisingly, the effort to enforce these subpoenas worked its way up through the courts all the way up to the Supreme Court, where, of course, Justice Thomas sits. On the one hand, being a loving husband, he certainly doesn't want his wife to be in trouble. So as a personal matter, he wouldn't want these emails and conversations to be released, thereby exposing her to potential criminal liability. But of course, he's not just a devoted husband. He's a Supreme Court justice and therefore must be aware of, if not his moral ethical obligations, certainly his federal legal ones. Specifically, that a justice must recuse himself from any proceeding in which, and I'm quoting here, his impartiality might reasonably be questioned. In fact, the law provides an example of when recusal is called for. And that is, again, quoting, if a spouse has any interest that could be substantially affected by the outcome of the case. Well, obviously, when the case regarding whether emails and records should be released to the investigating committee, emails that could well determine his wife's criminal culpability. When this question is before the Supreme Court, how in the world does the outcome of this matter not affect her? Of course it does. And yet he did not recuse himself. In fact, he was the only vote in this eight to one decision, the only vote not to release the records that implicate his wife. There is no counter argument to this. You don't have to go to law school. You don't even have to have watched Law and Order or in my generation, Perry Mason, to know that you can't be a judge or a jury member in a case involving a family member. In fact, the only possible defense Justice Thomas could mount as to why he didn't recuse himself is that he didn't know at the time that she was actually involved. How is that defense at all believable? Not only are they in a long-term marriage, they live together. They call each other their best friend. How could he plausibly not have any idea of her political activity and involvement when certainly everyone else in Washington did? On the day of the insurrection, when the whole world was watching live as it was happening, did they not discuss it at the dinner table that night or over breakfast the next morning? Can he not see that the mere appearance of unethical, illegal behavior damages the credibility and confidence people have in our justice system, which is already tanking at its lowest point in generations? I know Justice Thomas won't resign, 
But if he doesn't recuse himself from any further cases involving the insurrection of January 6th, he should. Good one, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Those are our two good related teaching moments. Speaking of a teaching moment, and this is happening across the country. Have you guys noticed that the Republican Party and the conservative movement in general has been targeting school boards yep. to elect yeah. people, their, their own kind, to school boards? And they're using all these fake issues of critical race theory. There is no such oh, thing unless so you're oh, yeah. at Harvard yep. in law yep. school or something. Uh, and they're book burning, Jerry. You covered that on a, a commentary. Don't say gay in Florida. Like, yeah, yeah, all of this, this stuff. nonsense. Yeah. So uh, let me tell you what happened at a, a place called Turpin High School. And it's just a high school in a suburban area. It happens to be of Cincinnati. But there are places Eastside, like this all yeah. over the country. Yep. And um, they, I would say it's a conservative school district uh, generally. Yeah. Uh, but their last school board was kind of mixed. There was an African-American woman on the board, a very liberal uh, professor from Xavier University, and it's a five-member board. <clears throat> and now they're, they have basically taken over the school board, they being conservatives. And they had for seven years a thing called a diversity program. Now, this is important to note. It was voluntary. And the only way you could attend it is if your parents signed a permission slip saying that you could then be on this day, pulled out of class and go off to a series of workshops and lectures. So just for the people whose parents and and the kids say, I'd like to do this. The very last minute, the day before the diversity day program, they canceled it. The school board told the superintendent to tell the principal at Turpin High School, cancel the event, well, the word they used was postpone it. And they used as their rationale that uh, this permission slip wasn't specific enough to spell out the exact sessions that these kids would be going to. A problem, by the way, that for the last seven years wasn't a problem. So uh, it was only that this new school board got in and now they're looking for whatever red flag thing they can make into an issue. And uh, the kids, at least some of the kids, kids who were going to attend it got really pissed off. And I used to teach a class on school politics at the grad level in the education school at my old university. And I always would tell these teachers who wanted to be principals when we would talk about who's got political power. I said, the kids have huge political power. They just don't know it. Yeah. And whenever they figure it out, they realize, oh, my God, we got power. So they like called the media and the media came to the homes of kids and did long TV interviews. Jerry, you've been in the news business. Yeah. You can picture this happening, right? Oh, it's a great issue. Yeah. Then to crew out to do a, what you call a package yeah. interviews and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they did that. The kids say, don't believe this postponement thing. They'll use now the excuse that we got graduation coming up and we got testing and no time to do it. So uh, it's another example of how the country's gone a little nuts. But this is the appeal I want to make. And Jerry, tell me if you're hearing stuff like this going on in Florida. But here's the appeal. Democrats, I'm a Democrat. We're all three Democrats. 
We need to get our folks to run for the school board because the game is on. Yeah. Yep. This is like political warfare. Who would have thought it would go down to the local because it always comes down to that though doesn't it like it always come down comes down to the local level it's the very like first thing that you see every day that influences your life every day that's where politics work like we look at it like with the congress and senate like that's so much larger than our everyday thing school board is what affects us yeah and particularly when you talk about the culture wars yep yep. that's that's where the right city council they can make it yeah yeah, that's that's where it's happening. You remember, Jerry, from your years of running for several offices uh, in, in Ohio, whether it was Congress, city council, mayor, uh, took a look at a Senate race, governor, that the uh, school board races were largely seen as nonpartisan. Yeah. And, you know, there may have been some really? people who wanted to oh, use yeah. the school board races. They were nonpartisan. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty huh. much nonpartisan. And they still are. I mean, you don't. You don't have uh, on a school board a ballot Republican listed and a Democrat listed, but you do have the Republican Party pushing candidates, putting them on their. You have the issues. You have the issues that are Republican or Democrat issues that are being sure. Yep. Well, here's one 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 last thing on this Turpin thing. I know this district uh, really well because I used to live in it. My kids actually, uh, both my kids are graduates of Turpin High School. Here's the deal. This is where this is so, so sad. It is not not totally, uh, but a largely, uh, I don't know, lack of a better term, white bubble school. Not not totally, but it has, you know, a limited uh, diversity within its population. So God bless these kids and staff and parents who wanted to try to bring some attention in a school that has that kind of climate, Mm -hmm. some consciousness of other viewpoints and other uh, cultural backgrounds. And my God, if there's any place, trust me, the schools where I work my entire career, Cincinnati Public Schools, we didn't need any diversity programs. Just look around the hallways. Right. It's full of kids from all different backgrounds, lifestyles, et cetera. So when they try to bring in a program to open people's eyes to some stuff, the damn school board kills it. Yeah, it's I mean, it's just uh, pretty stunning, I think. Well, Gene, now let's let's talk about some privilege here, because um, you visited me this past week. That's correct. That your uh, pro- we'll call your primary place of work. Yes, and it, I'm but- a working man, and you know that. <laughs> Jerry, a- did you hear about this? I heard. I heard yes. about their transportation. So I literally. So let's talk about some privilege here, Mister Galvin. Yeah. Because I get a phone call on a Thursday mm-hmm. afternoon at my right. place of work that says, "Hey, Megan, this is Gene." Like, I know who you are. You come up on my phone. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to need a place. Is there a place that uh, we can land a helicopter within walking distance of your restaurant? And I literally said, I hope you're joking. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm not joking. I'll just call the city officials and see if we can't land 
this helicopter. So as we're talking about privilege, Mr. Galvin, why don't you go just, ahead and talk yeah. about this story? Yeah. A bit. Working, just you, a working man. I want to hear about guy. that. You went on a helicopter. Uh-huh. uh-huh. To, uh, just to have dinner someplace. Hey, first and, of in Aurora, all, Indiana. Right. And not just anywhere. The place is called, <laughs> let's brag about this place for a second. Third in Maine. In Third in Maine. Hi, Rudy. <laughs> yeah. Aurora, and Indiana. It, and it is phenomenal. Did and you love we it? We talked about it. I sure did. We talked about it a month or two ago on an episode. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals star quarterback, uh, just this you know rising star of a kid, Joe Burrow, she, she went there with his girlfriend. Megan told us that we discussed it. Yep. So Megan enlightened us to this place where she is the events director and wine mistress and all this stuff, and <laughs> said, <laughs> and said, this is a great restaurant. With roots in a steak place in Cincinnati called uh, Ruby's, Jeff Ruby's place. And it's well known for this. And by the way, Megan, tell us th this restaurant, Third in Maine, is a steakhouse. It has other things on its menu, lots of stuff. But the yep. steaks are amazing. And what is the, is it Wagyu, W-A-G-U? Tell us what that it's is. It's Wagyu. All that means is Japanese beef. It yeah. just means Japanese yeah. cow. That's it. But really? it's where they come from. So when we have the A5, those are certified from different, uh, they call them, and I'm, now they're going to yell at me because I'm not going to remember, uh, preclatures that have different like places in Japan that these cows are right. from. Like these suckers live on like the steep hills of Japan in the snow. We have Hidagyu, we have all kinds of different um, types, but they all have different flavors. And these cows, I'm telling you, they're treated better than Jerry is, which is difficult. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll have to, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. Have to talk about it. It is an amazing restaurant. The food is great. What and did you Lewis, end up having? You, you had like the Australian, didn't you? I think I you did. got it was, Yeah. It was amazing. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to use his last name because it's, you know, people will be looking him up. His name is Lewis. And I met him through Jerry many years ago. So blame Jerry for this. <laughs> He was great. I just called him, call him the man, you what the man in the velvet jacket. <laughs> I got that same. I got a different story. But what's okay. making me upset about this is not that you went by helicopter to a meal. Yes. A few years ago, I went with him to lunch and he took me to Bob Evans by helicopter. <laughs> it's great. Not a That's great steakhouse. Great. This is God's truth. Right. And he didn't call anybody. He lands the damn thing in the parking lot. And he and I step off the helicopter. And, and I think this is crazy. What are you doing? With okay. Yeah. So we walk in and we're sitting there at the table ordering our, you know, fried eggs, uh, <laughs> whatever, nothing. And the manager comes over and says, uh, excuse me, Mr. Springer, it's not my helicopter. I didn't fly it. I had nothing to do with it. We need I you was, to move your I helicopter, was hijacked. Sir. I was kidnapped. 
And now, by the way, I, helicopter, you have to move. So, of course, as we're cheapishly walking out of the restaurant, you can see everyone shaking their heads. Oh, that's Springer. <laughs> <laughs> now, I had someone come and pick up my friends, Jerry. I had a lovely yeah. woman named Brooke go pick up Gene and his wife and Lewis. Mm-hmm. And, and it was delightful. She was great. Um, why don't you have people working for you like that, Jerry? Like that's. I, you would think. You would think, you would and think. by the way, we had, <laughs> hey, all I did was I executive produced the trip and needed somebody to executive <laughs> produce it. So I called, <laughs> I called Aurora, Indiana City Hall and I said, the hey, is there city. A, and I told him, I said, we want to go to Third and Main. Is there a place where we can land a helicopter coming from out of town? It, it turns out that damn uh, helicopter ride was like 10 minutes, 12 minutes was embarrassing. And they said, oh, I don't know. Uh, let me call the chief. And then the chief called me and said, hey, you can land on the heli- helipad, you know, at the emergency thing up on the hill. Where God forbid fire. anyone have an emergency. Emergency that night. can't be there because Gene's having his Japanese stay. <laughs> hey, you know, here's how it worked. Helicopter lands. We're waiting for Brooke. Thank you. And thank Brooke, that she was wonderful. Came She's up, such a cutie. It was a few <laughs> minutes away, but it was too far to walk. They can't. It was wonderful. Oh, oh, you had a walk. And, and oh, well, no, they didn't. See. I and sent a trade. I sent trade, a driver. <laughs> we are oh. saying very specifically the truth, which is third and main in Aurora, Indiana, is I swear a place to go it put it on your list it's really really good very cool very cool ambiance great backstory it's got a lot of history to this while we're talking about the truth did they give you a break on the check no 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 no, i charged him extra no no (laughs) no and out of it came well what's the difference lewis would have paid for it anyway yeah why am i asking that lewis did pay lewis did pay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lewis did pay. But now in trade, hang on, in yeah. trade, I called Lewis the other day and I said, I got the second one set up because he and he's, you know, gone places to eat and he's always trying to figure out how do we land. People should know this. Uh, and yeah, For those of you with helicopters. Yeah, didn't he say obnoxious. there's a place in Alabama? Is that where you're going next? No, no, no. But but it's pretty obnoxious to land a helicopter. It's very turbulent. <laughs> it's just noisy. It's a it's a pain in the ass. But it's real fun to fly on them. I have to admit. So I said, hey, I know this. <laughs> I know this place in Augusta, Kentucky, called the Beehive. God, is that where you guys story. went afterwards? Well, we're heading there. But it's it is a place that has a similar story. It's an old historic building. It's been uh, revitalized. It's got great food. And uh, and so I had to call Augusta, Kentucky, and I same they did the same drill, man. About four hours later, the chief calls me, and he says, "Yeah, I can get you." And I and he tells me, you know, wh- where to go. No, I don't fly the helicopter, but I can see it from the air. He told me what to look for, blah blah blah. So now we're headed on another day. We got the date set. Jerry, come on up, and you can roll down yep. there with us. We love it because we got to get you involved in this, so we can blame somebody for this. <laughs> anyway, so I literally get this phone call, like, where do I land a helicopter? And I said, I need then, you to just go right to hell, Gene Gallagher. <laughs> like, yeah. what is this phone call? <laughs> now, <laughs> I told the restaurant and they're like, why, how, why do you know these people? <laughs> yeah, who are these people? Well, I'm, the way it played out, as I said to Lewis, um, 
Hey, there's this. No, he said to me, what, what's that restaurant you were talking about one time at Third and Main? And he said, what about there? You think we could take the helicopter down there? And that's how it came about. Because I don't know. Oh, my God. Anyway. So, so for those was, that are. <laughs> I'm glad you guys came down, though. It was such a delight. Bonnie is always so delightful to see. <laughs> yes. She is. She's so cute. <laughs> but it was it was uh, excellent. And uh, anyway, we're, we're going to do. Uh, We'll do another one sometime. We'll get Springer uh, in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Cody Lee Meese, you're back with us this evening, sir. Welcome back. Cody. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for having me. Somerset, Kentucky. What's going on down there tonight? Not a whole lot. Just rain. Just it's rain. Much, it's a small town. Not a whole lot really happens. Pretty much just I rain. know Somerset. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> So you were with us last week. We invited you back because we loved what we heard. And so tell us a little bit about Love Ain't Worth the Trouble, the song that you're going to share with us tonight. Uh, that song kind of got, I wrote it on accident, sort of. Uh, That's I kind of the story of your last song. <laughs> it's, yeah. You have a lot of accidents. <laughs> I'm accidentally successful a lot of times. My wife chalks it up to good luck, but I don't know. Yeah, no, that's. I think I've, that's I've awesome. been to jail too many times to have good luck. Yeah. Well, that's it. Okay. Gene, Gene understands. He, he's yeah. there. Yeah. That's where you know Gene from. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Pulaski County Detention Center. Sure enough. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. So now, what album is this song off of? So. Uh, technically not even an album yet so i had uh okay i put out a five song album uh in 2020 in april little did okay. i know you know what that year was going to be like Ta-da! Uh, but put out a, yeah right <laughs> phenomenal and it was funny because i remember the uh, the new year's party like as we're waiting on the clock to hit 2020 and my wife and i were with a bunch of our friends and we're like man 2020 like this is going to be, gonna be it. For everybody. <laughs> My husband and I did the same thing. And then it was like, well, I guess we were wrong. <laughs> I'm just fattening on the couch now. So here we go. Netflix. <laughs> 2020 did not do much good for my physique. Don't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> totally yeah. get it. Man, I was, totally I was get so it. excited too. I even thought about maybe I would lose weight in 2020. Yeah, nope. that didn't happen for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Well, and I love cool. to cook too, so that doesn't help none. Yeah. Well, we we ate a lot of bread that year. That's all I remember is uh, all the bread. <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of chicken tikka masala for me. A lot of stir fry yep. rice. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That sounds yep. good. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> All right, Cody Lee Meese, we have Love Ain't Worth the Trouble. Listen to this real quick and we'll get right back with you.
right. That was Cody Lee Meese with Love Ain't Worth the Trouble. And Cody, tell us where we can listen to more of your music and check out more of your background. So uh, for background checks, you'll have to go. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, you can use my that. social yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just really on the, just YouTube, Spotify, just look up Cody Lee Meese. Uh, we've got a few singles getting ready to drop. Uh, I'm going Thursday to start recording a 10-song full-length solo acoustic album called No Excuses. And Very then uh, cool. later this year, yeah, and then later this year, we'll be doing a 10-song full band album, so. Very, very you. cool. Good, good. Well, we look back, we look forward to having you back again, Cody. It's always a pleasure, and we love lists, like, finding local artists. I'm glad Casey brought you to us while you're choking, what, choking? Oh, my gosh. Checking <laughs> Cody out. Holy cow. Man. ouch. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> while you're checking out yeah. Cody. Yeah. Man, I hope that wasn't a premonition. <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. be scared to drink or eat all night. Right? Yeah. Please, please look up us as well. We'll just go with those words. Yeah. Look us up on jerryspringer.com, Jerry Springer podcast, and Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery. Give us a like. Give us five likes if you could. We would appreciate it. And in the meantime, go to our archives, check out some of our previous artists, and listen to uh, prior episodes. We're going to have Jerry and Casey taking you out with Down by the Riverside. And please, no choking. Okay. Y'all come back. <laughs> well, I'm on late Heavy load down by the riverside, down by the riverside, way down, down by the riverside. I'm gonna lay down my heavy load, y'all. Down by the riverside, sit down by the riverside. I ain't gonna study for no more. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery. Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. I'm going to lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside.